Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Look, I've never done anything like this. I've been in this business for 22 years. I've seen a lot of stuff, but this is, this is, I, I can't help myself. For Sharonis Jackson to post on his Twitter, uh, uh, the ridiculous stuff that he's posted when he knew his brother was abusive. I went to Sharonis over a year ago and told him that his brother was abusive to my daughter. And he said, uh, well, I used to be like that too. What? So now he's posting on Twitter like he's this uh, special guy. We, we know he's the biggest boy in Hollywood. He's disrespectful to women, just like his little brother. He taught his brother how to be abusive. So he don't get to act like he's this special guy. No, you're a boy and you're a part of the problem. Mm. Kelsey, that was Kiki Palmer's mother. And we know how mamas are protective of their daughters. Kelsey Nicole Nelson, welcome to Ladies First Friday. I really hate that this is how we have to begin the show. Um, but it's Ladies First Fridays. And aside from making sure that we highlight women who work in sports, we want to make sure that we're talking about things that matter um, for women. And particularly for Black women, because we know how often we go overlooked in the society. So Kiki Palmer, who we've talked about on this show um, more than once. Uh, yes. And the, the, I mean, we actually expressed concern about her relationship before when we did, um, but we didn't realize this gravity of the situation. Sort of, no, we were joking and, and stuff like that because, you know, her baby's father felt some insecurities about her outfit that she wore to the Usher concert. And, or at least that's what he expressed on Twitter and, you know, sort of made it public and tried to embarrass her, shame her. And, you know, it's kind of been a spectacle for a couple of months and people have been joking about it. And then a couple, uh, maybe a month or so ago, I don't remember the exact timeline, there was video that surfaced of the two of them together, sort of hugging and laughing and, you know, um, expressing that they were each other's best friends. And it's funny because you and I and Zena, who also was a part of this conversation, Zena Kata, we were in the group chat, right? So we were, <laughs> we were heavily. We were. We, we had a group <laughs> chat about it. Yeah. And, and we were like, look, this doesn't surprise me if they've um, fixed things, if they continue, like that's her business and she's allowed to. It's the father of her child and she probably loves him. All of this at the time, not knowing what we what these allegations are now. And that is that apparently um, her, her child's father is abusive and she's accused him of abuse. 
uh, and she's received a temporary restraining order. So the this news came out last night and it was pretty late. It was pretty late because you and I talked. Um, and I think when we talked, it was like close to 11, around 11 p.m. Eastern time. It was, after that. It, it was it was somewhere like in that late time frame um that it dropped that she had like um you know filed like um went to court to try to get a restraining order and also to get sole custody of their child um what came out after that is that in that order she also as part of her evidence uh submitted proof picture proof you know so still pictures because she has cameras in her home of the abuse and you know, she's a famous person, so it doesn't shock me that she has cameras in her home. Also, a lot of people who have children have cameras in right. their home. But I guess the reason I'm pointing that out, Kelsey, is because I think about the fact that I don't think that those cameras were in secrecy. I'm sure he mm -hmm. knew. I'm making the assumption that he knew they were there. So it's quite audacious to me, um, Kelsey, for him to lay hands on this woman. First of all, a man has no business putting his hands on a woman. But I'm At saying all. for him to put his hands on the mother of his child on a woman and know that cameras are there and still do it without regard for those cameras. You know, what if Kiki didn't have this proof? What if she mm. didn't have pictures? Would she even be believed? Right. And I think that's the larger question, Nat. And it's it's heartbreaking and sad. And, you know, right when this news broke earlier this week, you know, I welcomed entertainment journalist Taylor Crumpton to come talk to my class at George Washington University. And why I had her come talk to my class, Nat, is because she had covered a very similar case in the sense that she covered Megan the Stallion and the whole Tory Lanez case, right, and situation. And literally, we just had this conversation that at 8.30 a.m. on Tuesday morning about how hard it was for people to believe Black women. And we talked about Dream Harvey and how this, this has been going on a long time where Black women aren't believed usually the first time that and have to go extra lengths to prove themselves. And I think why this bothered me, and especially when you saw the video that we showed at the beginning, that hurts. And to see a mother in that way about her grown daughter, right? Her grown daughter, Kiki Palmer being about our age, Natalie, um, it was very hurtful. If you know anybody who's been through domestic violence, know the legal system, you know, in order to get a temporary restraining order or a domestic violence order, you have to show that harm was committed. And like you said, those steals that Kiki Palmer, that, you know, media was able to get access to in her own home was threatened, put hands on. And then if you read the, you multiple know, times. multiple times, right. And this is both emotional abuse, but also physical abuse, you know, and, and I took me back to I remember in February, right. When the baby, you know, news first broke, we're so excited to have it. It took me back to her Saturday night live reveal and that when she, you know, said she was having a baby and we were all glowing for Kiki. She had that baby glow and we were so happy. And then, as you said, you know, the whole thing happened this summer, people were making jokes about it. And, you know, first we didn't want them to be together, but as you said, then we saw them seem like to reconcile and, and let, let's be honest in society, we root for parents to usually be together because in our minds, you know, for a young child, remember there was an eight month old baby baby involved, it's going to be better for that child. But in this case, with what we're hearing, it does not seem to be better for that child. We now see why she has since, you know, seeked full custody of their young eight month old Leo. And it's just scary to think that Kiki, you know, it's, unfortunately, it seems like I had to suffer in silence, Nat. Like, you know, we didn't know things were to this length 
are to this level, um, you know, for someone that we literally grew up watching, right? I remember the Akilah and the B days, the Medea days, and, you know, now to watch her career continue to grow. And for a woman, you know, who, who seems to be so outspoken, you know, in her own home, have to continually go through this with someone who has said he, he loves her, someone who's supposed to be there for her, and obviously someone that she probably wanted to grow old with. And so, you know, it just takes me back to, you know, how, how hard Black women have to continually fight um, for them to be one, you know, I think a appreciated, but I think too, even more so for society to finally support us, for society to finally protect us. And, you know, still people I'm seeing on social media conversations about, you know, well, she did this to herself and no, nobody can do domestic violence to themselves. That narrative needs to stop. You know, obviously people don't go into relationships and that, you know, thinking they're going to be harmed. No one willingly, no one can tell me anybody willingly goes into a relationship, you know, thinking they're going to be harmed. But all that to say, I'm so glad that we started the show with this because it is that important that it is that important that Kiki knows she's supported. I also know like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's somewhat of our business because it's out there. She's a public figure, but this is also her own business to handle because this is her real life, right? This is not her social media life. This is her real life that she's living, her reality that she's going to have to continue to play out. And I just really hope that her mental health is protected through this process and, you know, I, I really hope that she's protected from, you know, this young man that allegedly, you know, seems and not even just allegedly, we have the video proof yeah, and still, allegedly. you know, so now I'm like, I don't have to use my legal jargon that we've seen, right. you know, fulfill the need um, to put a hands on a woman that he shares a baby with. So so many just wrong things in this, but I just really have, again, hope Kiki knows that she's loved and, and so many people, you know, just want the best for her and her own happiness. And hopefully she knows she does not have to suffer her or her child have to suffer anymore. For sure. I I always just, you know, I just always worry, you know, because again, like you mentioned, she's a public figure. She filed something in court. The pictures got out. Um, and I'm sure if you actually watch the videos, it's probably more gruesome to watch. Um, this is not an easy thing for victims to do. To right. come out and do this is not an easy thing. To put your business in the street is not an easy thing. And we know from Kiki herself, she likes her business kept private. We know that she stated that, which was why we were like court sort of going in on him, you know? And it seems like the family knew, at least at some point they learned of it. That's what her mother spoke about in the video. And she spoke about Sharonis Jackson, who is the brother of Kiki's um, baby father. And he tweeted... Uh, this tweet and quickly deleted it. Um, the most disgusting, vile, abusive, man- manipulative person I have ever encountered in my entire life. Abuses almost everyone. Y'all will see. Just send positive energy to the babies. Any child in the middle of something like this does not deserve it at all. Wow, so damn sad. Now I'm like, what? First of all, I just want to like, who is he saying this about? And and hmm. secondly, um, you know, again, we only know what what her mother says, but she says right. that she spoke to him about it, um, and says that he's like, oh, you know, I used to be like that, and I don't know what that means. I don't want to take that to mean that he's put his hands on women. Maybe you know, right. give him a little benefit of the doubt right now. Um, and again, it's just what Kiki's mom is alleging, but, uh, you know, to have to see this all play out publicly is a very hard thing. And so I just, you know, I'm starting to see a lot of, you know, the stories, the headlines come out, 
um you know people questioning you know why do people stay why like that's not yeah. the time for this and we've also talked about that like in part they stay because they love the person and they right. believe the person will end up being better because they promise to be um sometimes they stay out of fear sometimes they're scared sometimes it's they don't have a choice depending on um how reliant and dependent financially or otherwise on the person their children different reasons um it seems based on the 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 paperwork that was filed kiki felt she had to do this for the protection of her child um which often does drive a lot of women to leave um i hope at some point she realizes for her own safety and for herself that this is also for her and that she deserves better as, yes. as well as her child. And, yes. um, you know, this stuff about in there, the allegations like he would threaten to kill himself. This is common. This is this is common behavior. Um, I, I was in a relationship with someone who was abusive. And I, I remember the first time or one of the times I tried to break up with him. Uh, he said, uh, we, you know, he he got into a car accident or something later that day. And he calls me like, yeah, you know, I just, I, I I didn't know how to think you, you broke up with me. And I like drove the car, like I wasn't paying attention. And so this is, this is what people do, right? They, um, they try to guilt you into staying with them. Cause then you feel bad. Like, I don't want this man's death, mm-hmm. you know, on my hands, God forbid. The victim you know? feel guilty. Exactly. And when it's like it's not, it's not, it's them. It's not you. It's not the victim. It's that person. And so right. please stop questioning the victims in these cases. That and I don't, is... I'm I'm going to give you the last word on this, Kelsey, but like, I don't want to make this a man versus woman thing. Cause that's what these wars turn into on, on, on black Twitter. But, you know, I felt that we were, we as in women, and obviously I'm not speaking for all women, but I felt like we were being gaslighted because it was like when they were kind of made up or people saw them together, it was like, see, see, that's why y'all need to mind your business. And you were saying all this stuff about him because people were talking about the warning signs and him doing that and what that meant. And what I'm going to say is please listen to women, women, yes. black women. Yeah. Listen to us because we're saying this because we've been in these relationships. We've seen this behavior before. We know what it looks like. Um, and, you know, like, let's let's just get to a point where we can hear about a situation like this. And the only thing we care about is the protection of the victim. And we believe them. And so I, I wish the best for Kiki and her child. And I just I, I hope she's getting some kind of peace right now. Yes. Yes. And her peace is hopefully being protected, you know, and obviously she's seen every headline, you know, about her essentially today, which has to be very difficult because it kind of makes you relive a traumatic experience. And, you know, Nat, I'm so sorry that you had to go, you know, through an unfortunate situation like that. But I, I think this is why it's so important we talk about this because the statistics are there, folks. The facts are there. Unfortunately, you know, black women are the least likely to report domestic violence. And that goes back to, you know, decades of, you know, just mistrust with the police community and different things like that. And then also, unfortunately, Black women are disproportionately um, affected and impacted by domestic violence relationships. And so this is a topic. This is, you know, Kiki Palmer is not an anomaly. 
there's probably many women watching us today right now, Nat, who might be suffering, you know, in silence. And again, this is not us to, to have to tell anybody, you know, when to come out. But I think our biggest thing is, again, as a society, anybody living in America, in this country, everybody deserves to be protected. Every child deserves to be protected. And we should support anyone in their quest to protect themselves and their child. And anyone that thinks it's okay to, to put hands on anyone, not even just, not even just your partner, but anyone, you know, they obviously need a judgment day. Um, and again, it's just so unfortunate to see this again, like America's sweetheart, the girl that we all love. And this is also a reminder to folks that, you know, just don't just don't believe what you see on social media and think that, you know, everyone's OK. You know, Kiki Palmer, you know, might put this on social media. We thought things were going well. And obviously her career, you know, it seems to be still taking off in, in things, but she shouldn't have to deal with this in her personal life. So I think, like you said, it's just sending, you know, thoughts, love, prayers for Kiki. This is not going to be easy for her, you know, going through a trial. And, you know, again, someone that you that you loved and had an on again, off again relationship, someone that probably manipulated you, you know, into feeling types of ways. I just really hope her, her mental health is there because we've seen far too often this break women, um, quite frankly, Nat. And, and I hope that doesn't happen to her because she's such a young star, um, loved by so many. Um, and in, in, in anyone, any mother out there, you know, that's felt like she's had to, you know, keep something in about their daughter. I also just feel for the mom and I hope she, her piece is also protected because that, that almost broke my heart. You know, a black mother to yeah. go on social media, that, sure. just, that is not common practice. That is not common practice at she all. Even- yeah, I don't think she even had like an account before. And like yeah. she said, she knew that like um, the media had to verify that it was even her mother. So, you you know, she felt very strongly about this. Listen, I'm just, yeah, I'm sending, you know, Kiki thankfully has the resources and support system to go through this. But many victims of abuse don't. Yeah. That's of any gender and any kind of relationship. So right. um, just sending um, love, thoughts, prayers to all victims. Um, that they can um, get out of any situations that they're in where they're being harmed. Um, let's let's switch it up and try to take this to another place. Um, you know, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing more I think we can say about that right now. We'll just wait for things to unfold. Um, right. But let, let, let's stick with a little entertainment because uh, Nia Long and Jeezy, they had a sit yeah. down. <laughs> they had to sit down. <laughs> yeah, earlier this week, and people were people have been talking about it. They've been buzzing about it, and so um, you know there were lots of. We talked about it earlier this week, but I saved this for you because I wanted us to talk about. <laughs> I mean, Kiki. Oh my God, <laughs> be along, our girl. Be along. You know, <laughs> it's I the case. You and- I forgive you, Nat. It's the case. <laughs> I wanted you and I to talk about it, Kelsey. So here Nia Long and Jeezy um, talking, and she she seems surprised by the support she got when um, it was announced that she was um, getting a divorce. So let's hear what Nia had to say to Jeezy. My older son saw me trying to keep the family together, but I had to come to a place where loving myself was bigger and more important than saving anybody. I had to to realize for myself that anything that happened in the last, what was it, a year and a half of my life, that shouldn't have nothing to do with me. And that's that's my point of case. That didn't have anything to do with me. I was not embarrassed. I was not... I was I the way that black people stood up for me mm-hmm. and the way that black women were like 
oh no, you don't do that to her. Mm-hmm. I was shocked mm-hmm. because I didn't realize that what I had done or what I've done in my career had so much impact. You didn't realize No, that? not at all. And I'm not even being like funny. You, you're America's sweetheart. Like it's crazy. Well, shit. <laughs> it's like, it's like... <laughs> Well, Kelsey, you just call Kiki America sweetheart, but Nia is another one of our sweethearts. And, you know, we don't play about Nia. So I believe she was so shocked at how hard we went for her. You know, I, you know I'm going to let you tell me your thoughts on this, but I just got to say, because, you know, there was the, there was the other clip that was circulating on social where Jeezy yeah. sort of seemed like he was shooting his shot, like, you know, yeah. and all, all the no, men were having fun with it. But I just want to say... I love that Jeezy and Nia are having this conversation. And so I wouldn't mind a Jeezy Nia potential, you know. But we'll, we'll, I'm not gonna speculate <laughs> on that. Let, let, let me let me let me stay focused. Um I can't believe she's surprised by how we went for her. Yes. Like does she know that everybody, not just men, men and women, we love us. We all love Nia. We all love Nia. Now, what did you think about this? <laughs> this was, you know, it's so funny because who would have thought in 2023, the conversation that we needed would have been Jeezy and Nia Long. Like, I don't think oh anybody goodness. put these two together. And I think when you watch the conversation, you know, Nia Long had tweeted, you know, how, how much it meant to her to have a place where a Black man and Black woman could come together to harbor safety in one another and sharing their thoughts and emotions. And I'm like, we need more of this, honestly. And essentially, both of them have had very public relationships. Obviously, Nia is probably a little bit more public um, with all that she went through. And obviously, Jeezy kind of going through his now in real time um, with the divorce. But I'll just say like Nia, I I hope she saw from this that like she has so much more support than she probably even thinks about. I don't think, I've never heard one bad thing about Nia Long. Like you said, I mean, it it might be, you know, they're generational sweethearts. Kiki's our generation probably sweetheart. Nia Long is like, you know, I think an all time generational sweetheart. But I think she just had to see that like when you're going through your most difficult time, sometimes it's those, you know, impactful surprise support areas that can surprise you the most. And so for Jeezy and her to be able to like share a labor of probably like hurt, but it turned into kind of to a beautiful thing almost in a sense like what yeah. they learned from each other and just respecting each other and being able to have that space I thought it was so important and it kind of just ties into mental health that like black folks should be able to have these conversations black men and women need to have these conversations that because it is that important that we can learn from Absolutely. one another to have strong relationships Absolutely. This sort of reminds me when Haley first came to like Twitter and social media and she was like, oh my God, like she just felt like the the welcome was so warm. <laughs> we're going to love you, Haley. We're going to love you, Nia. Kiki, we love y'all. So we're going to keep showing love. But we got to talk about one more Black woman in entertainment because let me tell you, um, Lori Harvey has the men folk upset again, again. Oh. Like, I don't know why these people are so upset with her um, dating life. But I she don't care about famous people that much and who they date. So <laughs> I'm not about that. I just do not understand why they are so in their feelings over who she dated. They keep like a track record of it. It's like, let Lori live. Let her Ridiculous. live. Right. Let Lori live. That was my exact thought on this. Like Lori Harvey is young. She's beautiful. She's successful. Like she's supposed to be, I think, going through this part. Like she wants to make sure she finds the right one. It's like when men do it, it's praise, right? Like I don't see anybody talking about Common right now and Jennifer Hudson, even though I wish them the best, right? I feel like he's praised. But in the same breath, everybody has so much to say about Lori. And I think, you know, it might be a little bit jealousy. All the fellas loving her, but knowing their shots are going into dead waters, most likely with Lori Harvey. But nonetheless, you know, 
know, obviously it's a public thing because I think everybody has a crush on her. Um, but let her live, you know, sad to see this black love break, but I know both of them will go on to greater things. So Lori, keep doing you. This is the time to be dating and making sure you find the right one to hopefully eventually say I do too, Nat. That would be my advice to the girl. Keep living your life. Of course, and they sitting up here getting all mad. And I'm like, these men, they keep wanting her. You remember how Michael B. Jordan was looking all sad at that basketball game. At that basketball game, game. yes. <laughs> and then it's like, y'all mad over future. Did you expect her to be faithful and committed long-term with a F-boy as a... <laughs> the term earlier so what are we doing like stop worrying about who she dates look look at him look at him look at him trying to hide it it's like we we all want to cry but you know the cameras are in front you're trying to do everything to keep that tear from rolling michael b we love you he became a meme (laughs) he became he became one look at him poor thing (laughs) anyways listen listen lori do you mama we support you too all right we got to talk more women women's basketball we got tarika up next so let's go and we'll be right back Feeling like I let my team down on Monday and trying to get back. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Um, to the player that I am and that they know me for. Um, so I just went off of rebounds first and then just trying to score as much as I can and do whatever it takes to um, to win. My defense wasn't the best on Monday, so that was important for me tonight to, to get a better defensive stance and try to guard my opponent the best I can. Crowds like this should become normal for women's basketball and um I think Iowa has a great history of obviously Title IX and putting women's sports at the forefront, making it important. Hard to wrap my head around the environments that we get to play in, but I never take it for granted. And um, you know, we're very far from home, and we still have an incredible crowd and many young girls that are screaming our names. And at the end of the day, that's what matters more than um, you know scoring points. Sarika Foster Brasby, welcome, welcome back from Paris, which we will talk about in a little bit. But thank you for joining me and Kelsey today. The women's basketball season for college is among us. It is here. And it has started off with a bang from starting off in Paris (laughs) to some big games, some upsets. And we're only a few games in Tarika. So we heard, we heard from to me right now, in my opinion, the two faces of women's college basketball, I think, um, in terms of players, it just, it, look, everyone's all in on Caitlin and Angel. We know whether it's to critique her or to praise her. People can't keep Angel's name out of her out of their mouths. And we know she leads in uh, NIL. Like, she's just, she's that girl. So, you know, Let's start. Let's start with Angel Reese in LSU because, Tariq, I didn't even think this is where I was going to go until I was actually preparing for this segment today, <laughs> and I just saw like the amount of like criticism about Angel after that first game, um, where Colorado upset LSU, right? And shout out to Colorado because they deserve all the praise for that. But I saw all this criticism of Angel and I saw all these headlines, you know, about them being upset in the loss. 
And then I, I was struggling just to get a headline about her dominant performance last night with 28 points and 14 boards where they bounced back quite lovely, you know? And so I was just like, what is this thing with people? What is this thing um, that people have where they just want to critique Angel Reese? Like, what is their issue with her? I mean, I know what their issue is with her, but what, what do you think this is about, Sarika? <laughs> I honestly wish that I could give you a good reason, but there is no good reason as to why so many people feel like there is this thing that hangs over their head when it comes to Angel Reese. And the only thing that I could think of, and stop me if you've heard this before, but it's just that Black women can't never just do us and be ourselves without there being some additional criticism on how we do it. It's just the way the world works. And it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, I think there's just been a lot of excitement around Angel Reese, and there's been a lot of um, coverage on the things that she's been doing off the court from her NILs, which I hope we get a chance to talk to because there's a talk about later on in this segment because I got something I need to address when it comes to that. But okay. um, when I think it comes- I know what. I think I know what. Okay, I want to hear this. <laughs> got, got to address that real, real quick, but we'll come back okay. to that. Finish, finish, um, finish it and I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. Finish this. Yeah. But when it comes to the NIL, when it comes to the music videos, when it comes to the relationship with her boyfriend who also plays basketball, all of those things have dominated the headlines that people, it feels like people are just looking for a reason to say, hey, see, you were so focused on doing everything else that you didn't come out ready to play, blah, 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 blah. And the truth is, one, none of those things affect how you come out ready to play. The truth is it's a new team. This is not the same LSU team that won a championship in 2023 earlier this year. This is a slightly different team. They're missing their veteran guard and Alexis Morris, who was so critical to um, to their success last year, specifically in the Final Four um, and in those games leading up to that. And when you lose a veteran point guard, that's a big deal. We even talk about that in the W, that having a good, solid point guard is something that makes or breaks um, teams, especially what makes good teams. So that's something they have to look forward to. She's also playing for the first time with Anissa Morrow and Haley Van Lith. And, the, and it's all about chemistry. How often have we talked about how teams have to play with chemistry or learn to figure that out um, as they're developing themselves to get good? And then number three, Colorado wasn't a scrub. Like Colorado wasn't a team that just came out of nowhere. This was a team that made it to the Sweet 16 last year before losing to eventually Iowa, who went on to play in the national championship. But this wasn't a team of scrubs. I mean, Von Lee can ball. I'm sorry, Von Lee, I don't want to say her name incorrectly, but Von Lee can ball. You know what I mean? So I just don't, I I think that there are a combination of things and those who are truly following and understand women's basketball get that. But for those who are just hopping in a conversation because they just want to be critical, I think those are the ones who are louder than everyone else and coming up with these really ridiculous reasons as to why they lost that home opener. And and, and to put the icing on the cake, I agree with Kim Mulkey when I think that they didn't come out with the type of intensity that we wanted to see out of LSU to start the game. They really felt flat early on. Colorado took advantage of it and they went on to win the game in dominant fashion. And as you can see from last night against Queens, they kind of got their junk back. 
Exactly. You know, yeah. like, look, shout out to Frida Foreman. She had a big, big night. Like mm-hmm. I said, I don't want to um, take away from what Colorado did in that game. And yes, you mentioned Vonley and just, yes, anyone who watches the NBA, that is Noah Vonley's sister, if that helps you. So, yeah. Yep. And I, I think similar to Reggie and Cheryl, she may be the better player of the two. She may be the better <laughs> player of the two, okay? But, but you know, I saw these like reassessing, you know, LSU from one game. We got to reassess their yeah. standings and what they are from off of one game. Like, yes, I get it. It was a big, a big upset. Hasn't been done. You know, like the, 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 the reigning champs haven't come off and like lost the game like that. I get it. All right. Yeah. But I also think there's a little more to this because it's, um, Angel Reese led team. I really do. I don't think if Iowa had this same kind of performance, that it would be all of this. And I get it that they're not ranked number one, but I think it would be like, oh, just a rough night. You know, the, I, I just don't think it would be the same. I could be wrong, but I don't think it would be the same. But let's let's stay on this theme. Let's stay on this theme. Let's fill Kelsey in on what we're talking about. Let's stay oh. on this. <laughs> yeah. Let's stay on this theme of coverage. Because mm-hmm. you mentioned that people who are like sort of starting to just get in to women's basketball or just starting to cover it. And I was thinking about this also for another reason, but I'm so glad you brought this up, Trika, because look, we want people to start covering it. And like, honestly, I'm new to it too. So I'm learning, right? I'm better now at the WNBA. I'm tack- I'm taking on college to tackle it. And I'm not doing it because like I'm being mandated. This is something I want to do because I'm interested in it. But if you're going to cover it, for whatever reason you're going to cover it, please do it properly. Please take the time to do the research and please have the appropriate people on to talk if you don't mm-hmm. know it. Because then we get broadcast where people are talking about people coming out of college and saying, oh, you know, they ain't gonna make as much in the WNBA. They ain't gonna make as much in the WN. It's like, what? why is that the focus of the conversation? You're also, like, we understand that, yes, WNBA salaries are what they are and they need to be paid more. And we can always have that conversation. But let's not act like players still can't get endorsements, even if it's not NIL. Let's just not misrepresent information because you haven't taken the time to really have real thoughts on the topic you're going to discuss. So we're going to like just use a a talking point that's not even accurate. So I'm assuming that's what you were thinking about, Tarika. Did I read your mind correctly? (laughs) Sis, you read my mind 100% correctly. I (laughs) I think there are people who misunderstand that there is a difference between salaries and endorsements. And currently... Mm -hmm. These women and all student athletes don't make a salary. They're not paid by the university to make money. They're paid off of their image and likenesses from people who are endorsing them. And those things don't stop because you go professional. So for someone to say, well, I don't know why such and such would not want to come out of college early if she goes to the WNBA, she's going to lose all her money and not make no and not make any money. Wrong. All she's doing is going from the college level to the professional level where she will still receive endorsements. And if she has a good agent, she might make a little bit more off that endorsement contract than she currently would make as a collegiate athlete. So it's important for people to understand that there is a difference. Yes, there is absolutely a difference in the salaries that players in the W make, but 
endorsement deals. There are there are currently players right now who are making millions of dollars off of endorsement deals and several different endorsement deals from several different angles. So please stop feeding this negative narrative and feeding and sharing misinformation about the kind of money that players can make in the W, especially if you have not been covering NCAA women's college basketball or the WNBA long enough to truly understand how this works. It was so bad and I was so disappointed when I had seen some of those clips floating around social media and it just really bugged me especially when you tied this into the Angel Reese conversation because she as well as Caitlin Clark and others who have years of eligibility left based on their um, their COVID standings. There are yeah. people who are making the assumption that they're not going to want to come out and are not going to want to play professionally and then there's also this association of money to professionalism where it's I only want to go to the next level to make more money and so because I'm not going to make more money I'm not going to be interested in going to the next level no there are so many perks that come along with playing at the professional level and a lot of this a lot of the time this is the dream of these young women to play at the level in the WNBA. So please stop feeding that narrative. Please stop sharing misinformation. These girls going to be able to make as much money as they want, as they are allowed to. And it doesn't matter the level that they play. What they need to do is make sure that they're doing what they need to do now collegiately, because it will humble you when you get to the WNBA and you find out that these women are stronger, faster, much more um, on IQ spectrum than some other players are when it comes to playing at the highest level in the world and you will find out real quick that your NIL deal don't have nothing to do with how you about to get beat off the block and everywhere else (laughs) when it comes to playing in the WNBA so please take advantage of your collegiate years to learn this game and prepare yourself for the next level the money will be there thank you Tarika you keep leading me where I want to go next where I want to go next Kelsey Let me ask you a question. We're going to stick with coverage because, again, this was during my prep for this. I kept seeing things that annoyed me. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) what do you think? Because Caitlin Clark, let's just get this out the way. Caitlin Clark, you know, is going to be a superstar as she she's already won and she's going to continue that. I I believe she is a player who will be successful at the pro level. So let's 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 just be clear about that. Okay. Um. And Caitlin Clark is great and deserves all the coverage that she gets. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear right. about that as well. Okay. But we still have to remind you guys. And when I say you guys, I mean the audience, the people who are new to this space, that there is definitely a difference in the coverage of black players and white mm. players, how they're discussed, how they're described, how they're talked about. Well, let's stay on this headline for a second, which I have no problem with generational player Caitlin Clark puts on a show and they give her staff. She is a generational player. But I don't feel like I see this terminology or this phrasing. I don't remember it being used for Aaliyah Boston, who is a generational player. I don't hear it being discussed for anyone else. And there was a big debate last year about whether Aaliyah Boston was the best player, um, you know, in NCAA or whether it was Caitlin Clark. And now, Kelsey, right, I see tweets like she put up 44 points last night. Look, look, that is 44 points. 44 points. Listen, anybody putting up 44 points, you are a hooper, okay? So let's just be clear. 
And she like she she's tied with Kelsey Plum and someone else, I forget, for like the most um uh 30-point games, is it? So mm-hmm. like look, she is a baller, right? But I saw people saying she is the best women's basketball player, pro or college, right <laughs> now. <sighs> oh, all right. <laughs> I need the hyperbole to stop. I need listen. We, what we're not going to do is disrespect the likes of Asia Wilson and Brianna uh-huh. Stewart, right? And we're not going to erase Black women. And that's what happens with coverage of women's basketball at the pro level. So I want to know, um, Kelsey, what do you think about what, what, like, this conversation that's happening as Caitlin Clark's star continues to rise? Yeah, you know, this takes me back to my undergraduate days, Natalie, because it's the exact reason why I studied sports media and African-American studies, because I was tired from a young age sports coverage that was happening. This is not a new phenomenon, folks, what we're seeing with Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese. We've we've seen this movie before. We've seen this story before with other folks. And unfortunately, in 2023, we haven't advanced the levels that we've needed to from what should be educated media, right, that's covering this league. And so all this to say, like you said, Caitlin Clark, the girl's great. I mean, and obviously she she galvanizes folks in ways that I think is great for the game of women's basketball. Like anytime you have all those eyes on watching her play in Charlotte, or I remember reading last year, like anywhere that Caitlin Clark is playing, attendance goes up like by 3000. But all that to say what you said is so right. This girl is great, but we're still learning more of her story and her journey. And if you look at the 44 points and you look at the numbers, and if you think maybe you're like, hey, 13 to 31 is great. It's not great. But, you know, she made 44 points. I know that's the larger story. But, you know, Caitlin Clark, and and you think about what she has to carry for her team as well. I think she has a heavy burden for this Iowa team. I love this video and what she means for college basketball. I mean, it seems like everywhere she goes, people want to get an autograph from her. She's inspiring people. But, you know, there's there's a reason why, you know, I think Caitlin Clark gets covered differently. And it's because, you you know, people people want people have made Angel Reese the villain in college basketball. Let's just name it. They they've made her this this evil woman, and that goes back to to race and sex and so many other things. And and Caitlin's kind of seen as this angel in college basketball, like she can do no wrong. I mean, I don't know her personally, but you know, got great baller, great hooper. Uh, but she's still learning the game of basketball. As Tariqa said, college is such a great place to continue to learn how to be the best. We're not going to disrespect those in the WNBA this early on and already crown her with something that she's still working towards. Now, maybe all three of us have this. Kind conversation, you know, I don't know, 10 years from now, maybe we will say Caitlin Clark, you know, is one of the greatest, but we're not there yet, right? Again, her story is still being written, it's still being developed, but let's just be honest, the crowds that Caitlin Clark attracts, a lot of those crowds do look much like Caitlin Clark and people are get very comfortable with people that look like them. They get very comfortable with praising people that look like them because there's, there's an otherness, right? And there's a, oh, I don't know if I can support this person. So all that to say, I think Caitlin is a safe figure for some people to like in women's college basketball and they see Angel Reese and those like her as a danger. And so I think, unfortunately, those who try to say, you know, sports is, it, it doesn't touch race and all those different things. They're, they're out of their minds because sports, I think just, if anything, um, exemplifies what we see in society because much what Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese go through is the same thing that many black women and white women go through with their co-workers you know on an everyday basis so all that to say again not taking anything away from Caitlin Clark I want to make that very clear I, I love her game I think she's a phenomenal player I think we're all privileged to be able to watch the woman's game right now as it is but we need to stop we need to stop trying to give this girl more accolades while she's again still growing still learning and is still trying to achieve the greatness of those who came before her so I think I just have to 
to name that Natalie. Um, and I, one thing I will say that I don't think Kate, I think Caitlin is very humble. And I do want to say that, like, I don't, I feel like a lot of these things coming out are from others and society placing these labels on her. Sure. Yeah, say, this is not, you do, no she, she loves the game to play. So I don't want to say like, this is also Caitlin doing this, but, you know, I also think again, that she's, she's also not, you know, calling it out, I think in a way that, you know, I think again, pays tribute or respect to those who came before her. But if anything, it makes my job great, Nat, because I get to go on shows like this and explain why these issues exist. Um, and unfortunately, why they continue to exist, not just in the women's game, per se, also in the men's game. You know, we've, that's why I said we've seen this story before, you know, where we, we try to crown this great white hope very early on um, and try to get support her way and, and take it away from others. You Can I just throw in here really thing. quickly that I do. I want to ask you a question. So hold your thought. And then if you could give it to us and, and add on to this. I'm yeah. just curious because you bring up, um, you know, Caitlin's young right now. And I'm curious, Tarika, what you think is the responsibility for her? Because, I mean, we talk about this now in the W in terms of the white players and their allyship. And we know that Kelsey Plum is one of them who who calls this out. And others, not so much. They are, they're aware of the disparities and discrepancies. And they're not necessarily the ones who are at fault for how the media covers them or what people say, but they don't they don't call it out actively. They don't make it a point to point it out in a way that like someone like a Kelsey Plum has. And so Caitlin's young right now, and I don't know that I would necessarily put that on her yet, but I do think at some point, I would like to see more allyship from the white players and, and calling this out and pointing and pointing this out. So please finish your thought that you were going to say, but I want to know your thoughts on that as well, Tarika. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. And, um, and I'll make this really quick because it's so funny. I was literally just having this conversation with Lo. Um, Lo's been on the show a few times um, and we were in Paris together. So we were having this conversation about how um, players like, for example, Sabrina Ionescu, who has a lot of things afforded to her, um, but doesn't really speak out about how those things could look different as, you know, a player like even on the collegiate level, Paige Beckers. If you guys recall last year, Paige Beckers, when she received her ESPY award, she talked about the disparity in coverage between Black players and white players and talked about the phenomenal players that are still on the collegiate level that are playing and how they need to have um, a little bit more acknowledgement. And so I think that there are a couple of things here at play. Um, number one, I think we have to, one, understand that everybody is different in terms of their personality traits, right? And so the way that I might speak out and the way that I might be very blunt about things may not be the same way that somebody else is doing it, right? Number two, we have to also understand that sometimes these players aren't making decisions on their own. Sometimes there are people like publicists. Sometimes there are people like agents, managers, and others who are making decisions for them in terms of what they acknowledge, what they don't acknowledge for whatever reason that may be could be endorsement deals, could be money, could be whatever. Not everybody is willing to risk their privilege for that. And we have to accept that, right? Doesn't mean we like it. Doesn't mean we feel like that's what we would do. But we got to accept that everybody not going to be militant and speak out and risk their whatever they got going on for whatever their lifestyle is. People are just not going to do it. One thing that um, I brought it up, though, with bringing up low is because I think she made an incredible point where she was like, hey, maybe... You speaking out isn't something that you would do 
in the way that we think you should do it. But there's also this part where it's like, hey, I got a shoe deal and I love having a shoe deal and I'm not going to give my shoe deal back. But I could also say, you know, I'm, I'm glad to have had this opportunity and I would love to see other people in the league have an opportunity to have a shoe deal like Asia Wilson. And I thought that that was a phenomenal point because there are different ways that you can bring attention to something without explicitly bringing attention to it. Um, I didn't get to the point about Caitlin Clark, which I'll get to another time. Um, just because last Last year, I remember covering her specifically with the You Can't See Me thing. And I started circulating around TikTok and all these other places because people were using my clip to try to prove right. a point. It was a completely wrong point to begin with. Um, but I wanted to bring that up just to mention that, yes, there is villainism happening with Angel Reese and there is villainism happening with other Black players in women's basketball, both collegially and professional. And we have to continue to call it out every time we see it in order to get people to stop doing it. It starts with media companies, writers, people, journalists. It starts with us. We've got to call it out when we see it. We've got to stop doing it. And then we can continue to get other people like fans to jump on board with calling it out as well. Yeah. Thank you, Sarika. Appreciate you as yes, always. Thanks, we will be <laughs> right back, y'all. National Outlet Shopping Day is back. Join us June 8th and 9th at Simon Premium Outlets nationwide. Score thousands of can't-miss deals from brands you love all weekend long. They've got up to 65% off every day. And the National Outlet Shopping Day deals are even better. Visit premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD to find a premium outlet near you. That's premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD. Oh, Paris. The Gamecock six-day Paris journey sparks growth and a big win. It does. And I'm so glad Tarika Foster-Brasby was able to stick with us from the last segment because, Tarika, you were there. You were live in Paris while this was happening, this big moment in, in, in um, college basketball. So can you just tell us about it quickly, like, and what this means for the game? Because we're talking about growth and what Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark are doing for the game. But Dawn Staley and her Gamecocks um, also are a huge, a, a huge um, player in all of this. Yeah, number one, um, Paris was a whole vibe. It was incredible. <laughs> uh, just everything about it was incredible. Number two, no one bet had ever tell me ever again that people don't travel or support women's basketball because that mm -hmm. arena was packed. And it was packed from uh, Gamecock Nation all over everywhere. There was a section that was uh, filled with Notre Dame fans. And I was like, y'all, y'all are outnumbered up in here. It is crazy. It was so many South Carolina fans in the building. Um, number three, I think it was great to see the freshmen come out and play phenomenally. Um, First off, Hannah Hidalgo, number three, Notre Dame. She is amazing. She's going to look so well and do so well um, in this in this league. And I, I'm very excited for her. Um, but Dawn Staley, I was making a joke and I said, Dawn Staley reminds me of Nick Saban in Alabama football, where it don't matter who graduates. It don't matter how many people leave. It's like they just keep coming and keep coming. And there's a new set right behind. It's like the cycle, rinse and repeat, and it just keeps going. And that's what South Carolina looks like right now. They've just done a phenomenal, Dawn has done such a great job recruiting that people didn't realize that behind Aaliyah Boston, behind the Freshies, behind Zaya Cook, there was another set of stars 
waiting and willing to take off. And they showed you a little bit of that. Um, specifically, Malaysia Full Wiley, like girlfriend can ball, right? So um, Camilla okay. Cadorso, uh, another one who's just waiting for her moment. She's a senior now, balling. And the last thing I would say is just Dawn Staley has done so much for Black women in coaching um, that, you know, if you guys remember, she gave everyone a piece of her net when she won, which is something that someone had done for her, Carolyn Peck. She um, literally always shots out other Black women who are doing amazing things in the coaching ranks, whether that's D1, D2, D3. Um, she is always so vocal about um, and, and intentional about what she does and how she does it when it comes to including other Black women. And so the fact that she was in, incredibly intentional with selecting Neo Ivy and thinking that's who she wanted to do this with, um, as the tournament is called We Play, um, I, I am just excited about the, the door that is now going to open for other teams and other young women to get this opportunity to go overseas to understand um, what it's like to, to, to experience a different culture um, which is something that I think people get into basketball for. They want to experience the travel of basketball and, and understand the places that it can take you. And so I am appreciative of Dawn Staley giving all of us an opportunity to see what success could look like on an international level. Yeah, you're right. She is intentional and she was intentional with the way she also called out the NCAA's findings of an audit. And um, I think that's important because why are we just picking one game to audit? I, I want the refereeing to be good, but why not a random audit? So, suspicious. And why are they anonymous? Why are right. they anonymous? Right. Well, Question. We'll be back. We'll be back, y'all. Oh, Paris. The Gamecock six-day Paris journey sparks growth and a big win. It does. And I'm so glad Tarika Foster-Brasby was able to stick with us from the last segment because... Tarika, you were there. You were live in Paris while this was happening, this big moment in, in, in um, college basketball. So can you just tell us about it quickly, like, and what this means for the game? Because we're talking about growth and what Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark are doing for the game. But Dawn Staley and her Gamecocks um, also are a huge, a, a huge um, player in all of this. Yeah, number one, um, Paris was a whole vibe. It was incredible. <laughs> uh, just everything about it was incredible. Number two, no one bet had ever tell me ever again that people don't travel or support women's basketball because mm -hmm. that arena was packed. And it was packed from uh, Gamecock Nation all over everywhere. There was a section that was uh, filled with Notre Dame fans. And I was like, y'all, y'all are outnumbered up in here. It is crazy. It was so many South Carolina fans in the building. Um, number three, I think it was great to see the freshmen come out and play phenomenally. Um, First off, Hannah Hidalgo, number three, Notre Dame. She is amazing. She's going to look so well and do so well um, in this in this league. And I, I'm very excited for her. Um, but Dawn Staley, I was making a joke and I said, Dawn Staley reminds me of Nick Saban in Alabama football, where it don't matter who graduates. It don't matter how many people leave. It's like they just keep coming and keep coming. And there's a new set right behind. It's like the cycle, rinse and repeat, and it just keeps going. And that's what South Carolina looks like right now. They've just done a phenomenal, Dawn has done such a great job recruiting that people didn't realize that behind Aaliyah Boston, behind the Freshies, behind Zaya Cook, there was another set of stars 
waiting and willing to take off. And they showed you a little bit of that. Um, specifically, Malaysia Full Wiley, like girlfriend can ball, right? So um, Camilla okay. Cadorso, uh, another one who's just waiting for her moment. She's a senior now, balling. And the last thing I would say is just Dawn Staley has done so much for Black women in coaching um, that, you know, if you guys remember, she gave everyone a piece of her net when she won, which is something that someone had done for her, Carolyn Peck. She um, literally always shots out other Black women who are doing amazing things in the coaching ranks, whether that's D1, D2, D3. Um, she is always so vocal about um, and, and intentional about what she does and how she does it when it comes to including other Black women. And so the fact that she was in, incredibly intentional with selecting Neo Ivy and thinking that's who she wanted to do this with, um, as the tournament is called We Play, um, I, I am just excited about the, the door that is now going to open for other teams and other young women to get this opportunity to go overseas to understand um, what it's like to, to, to experience a different culture um, which is something that I think people get into basketball for. They want to experience the travel of basketball and, and understand the places that it can take you. And so I am appreciative of Dawn Staley giving all of us an opportunity to see what success could look like on an international level. Yeah, you're right. She is intentional. And she was intentional with the way she also called out the NCAA's findings of an audit. And um, I think that's important because... Why are we just picking one game to audit? I, I want the refereeing to be good, but why not a random audit? So, suspicious. And why are they anonymous? Why are right. they anonymous? Right. Well, Question. We'll be back. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. We'll be back. Well, <laughs> the news dropped with Tarika, but uh, really quickly, football world, college football world, the news that we've all been waiting for. I feel like Matt, everyone was talking about this the whole day. Jim Harbaugh, we finally have an answer. Suspended is the word now. And uh, Big Ten shakeup, I guess, for me, someone that college uh, covers college football in Maryland. Um, guess we won't see Jim, but uh, I think this was expected. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see the tweets. All right, guys, see you next week, next show. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. If your small business is booming, you might say, cha-ching. But you should say, I'm like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we'll help your growing business. Like a good neighbor. State Farm is there.